Hello, and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, episode 17. Uh, for those of you playing at home, Punk Goes Pod is the only podcast that unpacks every Punk Goes cover against its original version, or in some cases, like, oh fuck, I don't know, help. Uh, like, maybe it's acoustic version? Yes. Like what we're what we're doing this week? Yes. Sam and I were both home sick today, so we thought we'd be productive and do a thing, do an episode. This episode is, it's, it's either going to bring out one of two things. This is either going to, my voice is either going to sound revolting, or at this level, it's going to sound super sexy. I mean, you've had someone, like a complete stranger in the last few weeks, tell me, not me, tell you that your voice was sexy, your it, accent. Yeah, but I wasn't sick at the time. Your accent. Um, so yeah, apologies in advance if this one's a garbage fire. Um, our heart is in it, but our, the rest of us possibly not. Yeah, the brain. Yeah. Because I, I, I did, I did attempt to go to work today. I did go for a few hours mm. and, um, I was trying to make a joke with one of my coworkers, and it just like the joke was just completely off kilter, and it was just like, "Yeah, this is me when I'm sick. I'm not funny." And then I was like, "That's because I know. That's because I think I'm funny." <laughs> Usually. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um. So, episode seventeen. Seventeen. Not too shabby. If it was in New South Wales, it would be driving a car by now. Oh, yeah, it would too. Yeah. Um, I don't have any other comparisons with other 17 milestones, so I'm just going to keep forging ahead. What was, uh, you know, there was that movie with Jennifer Garner where she was like turned 30 from 17. What? And that was the title. From 30 to 17. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it it wasn't. was 13 going on 30. Oh, well, didn't Zach Efron and Matthew Broderick... Oh, 17 again. 17 again. Yes. And then and then Hayley Steinfeld was in The Edge of 17. She sure was. What song are we doing? We are doing Story of My Bros by the band... Bleh, by the band Dance Gavin Dance from Punk Goes Acoustic Volume 3. This is one of our most, uh, this is probably the most recent song that we've done as well, because Acoustic oh, yeah. 3 only came out this year. I thought you meant just like, this is the most recent episode we've done. I was like, well, no shit, because we're recording <laughs> it right now. Literally every week is our most recent episode. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I hadn't really connected the dots, but yeah, listening to the two songs again before we started, I was like, oh yeah, this is actually very recent. Like, incredibly recent. Yeah. You know what else is incredibly recent? What? That we bought download tickets. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I am... Have we talked about my campaign back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Yeah, we've done that already. We will be seeing them next year. We will. And uh, there's more bands that that are on it that I'm like... Okay, yeah, I want to go see Venom Prison and Disentomb. Yeah. Why not? I honestly, I sort of blacked out after I saw MCR. And look, Jimmy Eat World as well, but I saw them last time they were here. Well, not last time, but I saw them for their Futures anniversary tour, so that was good enough for me if I happened to miss them this time around. I'm probably going to be very strategic about how do I position myself so I can view MCR properly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't know. Um, 
yes, very exciting. And on Twitter yesterday, I think it was, they posted, My Chemical Romance, that is, they posted a picture of the four of them, obviously in, like, their rehearsal space. Then my heart swelled a little bit. I am honestly considering printing that off and putting it on my cubicle at work because it's just such a lovely little moment. My, my my brain is just so delicate at the moment. It, it might make me cry, and I, I'm I not. Know. I'm not even the My Chemical Romance fan here. That I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. And I mean that. Like, I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Like this is this is huge for you, and I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. We've both been very emotional lately. I yes. think with being sick. Yes. And our son had to go into camp over the weekend. Camp meaning the cattery and we got sent some very delightful photos of him while he was in camp but he was looking very shy and we both teared up a little bit mm. our baby and i was getting tattooed mm-hmm. so you were teary <laughs> i'm sorry i'm distracted by bruno outside ah. bruno's the neighborhood cat Bruno was sort of my substitute cat before we had Boss. Yes. Even though I don't think his owners were aware of that point. But, yeah, I was somewhat slightly possessive of him because I would sort of be walking home and he would come over and he's super friendly and I'd just be like, yay, I'm going to pretend that I own a cat for about 10, 15 minutes and then I guess I should go inside. Um, So, yeah, we still see each other and we still talk, but it's bit more cash now that we have a boy of our own. I Two stories about Bruno. I remember the day that I think we were going out somewhere and one of our neighbours is not a terribly pleasant person, but he was outside because he sits outside sometimes mm. and he was patting Bruno and you were, you were kind of mad because you didn't get to pat Bruno. I and, was very angry. And it was this other person who, again, is not terribly pleasant, was patting Bruno. And also the... Um, Oh, I've lost it. I had another story about Bruno, but it's gone. <laughs> this oh, episode is garbage. No, I was... I had come home from shopping and Bruno was in our courtyard because he just goes wherever he wants because he's a cat. And so I'm out there patting him because Bruno was super friendly. Yeah. And I'm patting him and then I look up in our window and there's Boss just <laughs> looking down upon me like, what are you doing? You are cheating on me. Aww. <laughs> Sometimes I bump into Bruno's dad at the gym, which is very delightful, because we've the most like lengthy conversations we've had to date have been either about Bruno because I first met our neighbour Bruno's dad. I yeah, I won't say his name on air. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I first met him when he and his wife and kid were trying to get Bruno out of a tree when Bruno was a kitten. <laughs> and so I jumped in and helped, and that's how I became smitten with Bruno as well. Aww. So yeah, I either talk to him about Bruno or it'll be at the gym. He'll just be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, very friendly. Um, one time he offered me a lift home, and which was so lovely, but I was just like, I'm not sure if we're at that level yet. And... Somehow I felt like I was overstepping some sort of a boundary because I've already, I'm sure, overstepped a boundary in terms of being way too affectionate about their cat, who was not mine. But I get ya. Anyway. Speaking of tattoos, I'm looking forward to when you get your first tattoo so you can know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it at some point. some point. I forgot that I was going to tell the story about 
me editing last week's episode and getting really drunk while doing so. Go for it. So you were in Perth, which is on the other side of the country. It sure is. And you had a three-hour time difference, so you were three hours behind, and I came off work and decided to start drinking while editing the episode, and it was the most fun I've had editing an episode. I thought you were going to say, like, it was the most fun I've had in years. I was going to be like, oh. That's sad. I know. But yes, I got very drunk and I basically started live (laughs) messaging you everything that was happening as I got distracted and started watching film clips. You really did. (laughs) Because earlier that afternoon, for me at least, I had said, let's get matching scammed board tattoos as a Tony Hawk reference. And then, hang on, so you would have been like, oh yes, I must, yeah. It's really weird, like, when your phone shifts time zones, all the message read receipts shift as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, out of nowhere I got, this may be the liquor talking, but I'm pretty sure our podcast is the best podcast to ever podcast. And then I want to abandon editing this episode just to listen to Sing the Sorrow. I, I actually went to verbally respond to something you said on the pod, then remembered you weren't physically in the room with me. <laughs> And then another highlight. I forgot to share the anecdote of Anthony, who was Sam's brother, shout out to Anthony, telling me that Davey Havoc had, quote, so many tattoos, but in today's standards, it's just sleeves. Now I'm a little sad. And then, oh, hey, Coheed and Cambria, I didn't invite you to this party, but you can stay nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so that was truly delightful to be kept abreast of whatever the hell was going on back here while I was in Perth. You were trying to get ready for this party and I was not making it any easier. Oh yeah. Shall we get into it? Yeah, I've got no other, nothing else to say. No? No, end of episode. Yeah, bye. (laughs) (laughs) This, oh man. (laughs) I feel like Richard's probably the only one who's still listening at this point, in which case, thanks Ah, that's that's news. So, if you're not the one, Elle's debut single. So we've already talked about it on Twitter. I think we might have already talked about it on here. Yeah, that was last week's episode we spoke about it, because that was when it, yeah. Yes. But they have debuted their music video as of this morning, I believe. So check it out. It is stunning. They are stunning. Their music is stunning. We cannot plug them enough. Um... Yeah, I if I remember, and I'm sure I probably won't because I'm a dum-dum, I'll chuck the linky link in our show notes when this goes out. Finger guns. Yeah, Sam just did finger guns at me. And felt the need to say it. But yeah, I'm glad you did because otherwise people wouldn't get the full experience. Dead air. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> remember when we were at Sin, which is, we've talked about it, but how we met and super adorable. It's so adorable. And... The song was that addicted to bass song. So, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm not explaining myself very well because I'm sick. Um, they had a song that would sort of autoplay if there was too much dead air, like if it ticked over to a certain amount of dead air, yeah, it would default to this song, and that was sort of like a well, a it sort of broke off the dead air, but it was also a cue of like fix it, like get your shit together, yeah. Um, so yeah, whenever I hear that song now, I just sort of picture a non-specific error in a radio station somewhere in the CBD. But... Those student youth networks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, dance, Gavin Dance, story of my bros. off the show run sheet this week with a very pertinent question of should there be a comma in their name um i feel like if anything there should be two commas there should be one after the first dance and one after gavin but that's also kind of overkill kind of and don't forget the comma in woe is me pissed you off it did Woe is me. See, but that one, it doesn't make sense. Whereas yeah, no, this one, true. it would make sense to have commas in it. Yeah, no, dance, Gavin, dance. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. But yeah, no, absolutely. Unless we... his name is Gavin Dance. And it's just like, dance, Gavin Dance. Or maybe his first name's Dance. Maybe it's his name. Maybe, maybe it's like James Bond. My name is Dance. Gavin, Gavin dance. dance. Yeah. Maybe. We should write this. We should make a screenplay out of this. <laughs> this could be like the new Footloose. What? It's a, it's a dancing movie, Footloose. Oh. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know because you hated Footloose. I did hate Footloose. Footloose is It's amazing. just such a stupid premise. Like Exactly. But... <sighs> but it doesn't matter because it was the 80s and everyone was doing so much coke that it just didn't matter. But it does matter, like... Okay. <laughs> I don't have the strength to argue. Me neither. Um, yes, maybe when we're both better we can float this idea again and I'm sure we'll say, that's a terrible idea. Sure. And then we'll continue with our lives. <laughs> It'll be done and then we can get on. Yes. But yeah, no, I think that they definitely should have a comma in their name. They should have two commas. They should have two commas in their name. Unless his name is Gavin Dance. I do like the name Gavin Dance. Yeah. Maybe we can change our surname to Dance when we get married. Then that takes care of the surname issue. Sam Dance? No, I don't like Sam Dance. I like Gavin Dance. I like Emma Dance. My name is Emma Dance. Samuel Dance. Emma Dance. Samuel Thomas Dance. (laughs) That sounds alright. Oh, no, but you know what that becomes? What? STD. Ha ha. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I've uh I've written up a, a another choice bio this week. Go for it. As well. They were um they came from the same town as Tesla. Huh. Remember Tesla from the like, band, not the not Nikola brand. Or the cars. Yeah. Where is I, Elon Musk from? I keep thinking his name is Elon Tesla, which is not true. <laughs> I don't know where Elon Tesla is from and I do not care to know that's, yeah that's fine neither do i no you heard it first elon tesla we don't care where you're from <laughs> go make a, a electric scooter yep yeah got him that runs on canola oil it smells like fries <laughs> when you drive it 
Uh, canola oil smells a lot like cat food or dog food. Because there's a cat... F- cat food? No. It- Jeez, I was about to say, there's a cat food processing plant. There's a sunflower or, like, canola oil processing plant in my hometown or adjacent to. And whenever I go home, there are certain days where the wind hits just right. It's like, it smells like dog food. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, a canola field is beautiful, but it also kind of stinks. Huh. Doesn't it kind of smell? I, maybe? I don't know what it kind of smells like, but, like, it always, like, it looks amazing. Like, a canola field, like, just this bright yellow field looks incredible. Mm. Yeah, where were we? Canola fields. Christ. Oh, yeah, so you were saying that they are from the same town as Tesla. Yeah. The, the band. And that town would be Sacramento, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, formed in 2005, by the way. I do like that the notes say birthed in Sacramento, so it makes it sound like they were all like simultaneously born in 2005. Yeah. They were. They were. Uh, so they're 14 years old. They're really incredible for their age. This, well, you know, they were just. You know, it's that pod scene from The Matrix where Keanu comes out of like the Luby bath. The what? The lube bath or whatever it is where he's covered in goo and he's all Ew. bald and he's got no... That's how they were... They, were, they weren't born. They were just created in 2005 and <laughs> and their creator was like, you're going to make math rock or whatever this band is. <laughs> whatever they classify themselves as. That's a good point, actually. What do they classify themselves Probably as? Probably just like a rock band now or something. Yeah. I mean, I looked through their Wikipedia a few times and that's one of the things that I did not pick up on. Look, I guess who needs a thing, a label? I mean... Rock. Rock, yeah. That makes sense. Ah, uh, but then they also fall into post-hardcore, yep. experimental rock, progressive rock, and math rock. Yep. Oh, there we go. I got the math part. You did. Well done. Yeah. Because anything that basically sounds kind of like the Dillinger Escape Plan at times, it's just math for me. See... But, like, they... Only in the slightest bit... See, but what constitutes math rock? Because to me, like, math rock is, like, Coheed and Cambria. That's prog rock. Huh. Progressive. Okay. Math rock, uh, I, look, it's it's a weird genre where it's, like, everything is... <laughs> like, it's sort of, like, bizarro time signatures and, like, shifting yeah, sort of... Yeah, but everything, like, adds up, basically. Like, it's all... Like, nothing is out of place. Right. So, like, you could listen to... The Dillinger Escape Plan, and go, this is chaotic, but... Organised chaos. It, it is. It's organised chaos. This isn't so much that. This is very organised. Right. But it still just has that little bit of a sound where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's math. Okay. It's got a bit of math in it. I failed math, so maths. Yeah. I I didn't fail it, but I also wasn't, like, amazing at it. I don't know. I shouldn't have taken it for as long as I did. Eh. You live and learn. Oh, well, I thought I was going to be a social worker, and I was told that I needed maths to be a social worker. Why? I was told. <laughs> so I listened. Huh. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. There's a lesson in there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> they they are one of those, another one of these bands that has just seen so many lineup changes as well. Mm-hmm. I haven't even written a note for this, but I'm just saying, like, mm. they've seen so many lineup changes. They're... Two singers aren't even their original two singers. Yeah. And it seems like... But it seems like that's the most popular iteration of them now as well. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. 
Yeah. Because that doesn't usually happen so much with the with a new singer. Yeah. Or in this case, singers, because they've got two singers. Yeah. I do feel like, yeah, it is rare for, like, the singers being generally the cornerstone of a band to switch but still maintain that integrity, like... Yeah. Which I'm sure that's exactly what you just said, but, um... In smarter words than I. No, but, like... I don't... Like, Panic! at the Disco, for instance. Like, to me... Yeah, I guess they're still Panic! at the Disco, but it's more just, like, the Brendan Yuri show. Like... But at what point, like... Could they have lost him early enough to and still be Panic! at the Disco? Like, in their early days? See, I don't think they could have. No? I don't know. Because it is... I mean, now they could... Now it would just be Brendan Yuri. Mm-hmm. Who apparently did a... I need to listen to it. Did a metal song recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it'll be... Um... Well, you can scream, as you said. Oh, yeah. He used to do Positive Hardcore Thursdays on Vine. Yeah. I think it was, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Positive Hardcore Thursday. I had a really good childhood! Everything was fine! Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, to me, like, Panic was Brendan and Ryan... Ryan being the guitarist slash lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when the band essentially split in two and Brendan and Spencer stayed as Panic and then John and Ryan started the Young Veins, like, that to me is where it stopped. Like, I still listen to Panic for all intents and purposes, but to me it's not really Panic anymore, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's also like, you can't listen to Brendan Urie, because Brendan Urie is Panic at the Disco. Yeah, like... Yeah. That's the thing, like... Mm, for instance, if he were to turn around and be like, I'm releasing an album under just my name, I'd be like, but why? Because mm. you've already carried this on for so long, like, you might as well just keep up... Just the... be Panic at the Disco. Shit's hard. So yeah, it's very much a testament to... Dance, Gavin, dance. They were able to sort of maintain that sense of who they are. Yeah. Despite. Yeah, like I am mad. I'm willing to bet. I don't know, but I'm willing to bet that the lead singers were a key part of the band starting in the first place. Would you think? I think so. Yeah. There is a video that I watched about two weeks ago on Dance, Gavin, Dance that explains like their history. Mm. And I mean, it wasn't interesting, but it gave me an insight into the band. So was there, like, heaps of beef, or was it just, like... No, because they actually did a show where they got, um... It was, like, a reunion show, almost. Like, they oh, got cool. all of their previous singers... That's cool. ...to come back. So I don't think there's beef. I think it was just, you know, creative differences. You know, someone wanting to go off and do their own thing. Yeah. This, that, and the other thing. Oh, that sounds all very healthy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like there's problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems like... People change and move on and... Yeah. Yeah. You know. Very good. Very good indeed. According to their Wikipedia page, which is where I get all the information from, Mm -hmm. they do have a vast array of influences. And I mean vast. The influences include such acts as Glassjaw, Earth, Wind and Fire, The Deftones, Temptations, At the Drive-In, Cursive, Explosions in the Sky... MF Doom and Radiohead. Is it MF Doom or is it like Metal Face Doom or something? What's his... I... It's the rapper. Is it just... Is it like Motherfucker Doom? No, because isn't MF Doom... It's the guy who has the Doctor Doom mask. Um... Or is he just MF Doom? Ugh. Uh... 
he um, might just be MF'd. Um, I don't um, know. Um, just give me a sec, please. Sure. Uh, maybe it is just MF Doom. Uh, maybe it is. There you go. I like to think it's Motherfucker Doom. Why like not? Motherfucker Jones. Yep. No, nah, I don't know. So, definitely, that is a definite vast array. And I don't know if I've said vast array already about three times. Yeah, but that's cause... see, like, for the most part, the list checks out except for Earth, Wind, and Fire and their Temptations. Those are the two where I'm just like, what? Like... Mm. The rest of it I can sort of cobble together and be like, okay, that makes sense. But, yeah, I like that they cite a broad range of, like, genres and whatnot. Granted, I would need to listen more to them because they might have that sort of funkier side that a lot of these sorts of bands have. Yeah. Like, I don't know about At The Drive-In, but the Mars Volta, which has members of At The Drive-In in it, has that kind of, like, yeah, funky kind of mm. Latin sound in... In the midst of their prog rock sound. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But last little bit of information. Um, I did do a bit of a search into their name, Dance Gavin Dance. Mm -hmm. And I found a Reddit post from a couple years ago. And this is according to Reddit user Lazen Booby. <laughs> nice. The band name was created by original vocalist Johnny Craig. Johnny went to a school with a guy named Gavin... He would break dance, and at parties the crowd would chant, Dance, Gavin, dance. This, this Gavin fellow tragically died young, and Johnny thought it a fitting tribute to name his band after his former schoolmate. But remember, I got this information from a Reddit post, so maybe take it with a large grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, it's a relatively, like, harmless origin story. It's like, if it were to be debunked, I'd just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, oh. it's cute if it's true. Like, not like, oh, cute's brilliant, but yeah. Like, it's a nice little tribute if it's true. Yeah. Someone was getting carjacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It reminds me a bit of, um, I think, the apparently the origin of Jimmy Eat World is the frontman Jim Adkins was having a fight with, I think, his brother when they were kids. And his brother, like, I think he drew a picture of, like, Jim or Jimmy like, eating a planet and wrote Jimmy at World as if, like, you're so fat, like, you'd eat. Which I thought was very cute. And again, that could be a fake thing, but, yeah, I I like those little origin stories. Yeah. And he's, like, we're gonna get through a lot of bands that have weird names, like Dance Gavin Dance, Woe Is Me. We talked about Chunk No Captain Chunk yeah. at one point. Um, I know that there are other ones. Attack Attack. Mm. I don't know, it seems like kind of a weird one. Yeah. This very much was the time for, like... I don't even really know how to describe it. Just... <sighs> this is definitely feels like the scene where I can... I can I can basically see the shirt. And it's yeah. the same sort of shirt that, like, bands like Asking Alexandria... Yep. ...had. Like, you saw, like, black shirts, but with lots of big, bold colours And, like, on them. big block letters of Big block and... letters. And, like... The Black Dahlia Murder had shirts kind of like that, and I feel like that's why the scene kids, the 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 like the core kids, kind of really got into the Black Dahlia Murder because of their shirts almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's a death metal band writing death metal music that's not deathcore or hardcore or anything like that. But like kids with big swoopy fringes were all over Black Dahlia Murder mm. shirts because yeah, they had like the 
the huge colours on them. Yeah, like very bright colour palettes, like super busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's super busy. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically what I can see in terms of their merch. And yeah, like a lot of like repetitive, like repetition, like dance, Gavin, dance, attack, attack, chunk, no captain, chunk, like, and a lot of sort of alliteration, like yeah, from first to last, like funeral for a friend, like just a lot of da 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 da, da like yeah. I wonder from all, no, not from all of dashes. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, but from I know, but like that's not like alliterative. Yeah, but, like, still the sort, like, yeah, I get it, though. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look at that from, like, a literary standpoint. Like, I wonder how that sort of became a trend. But my brain is too switched Actually, no, I'm looking through their merch, and their merch actually is kind of different. Yeah? Sort of cool looking. There's a really cool one with a wolf howling at the moon. Kind of looks like one of those, like, really cheap shirts you'd find in a gas station. <laughs> a petrol station, I mean. That's, kind, that's pretty great. Kind of looks like the shirt that I bought you in New Zealand of the cats. I love that shirt so much. Um, Yeah, no, it looks like... But that's, you know, now. I'm not... Who's to, who's to say that their merch wouldn't have been like that in 2008? Yeah. You know, when that sort of thing was really popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this song in particular, Story of My Bros, is off their latest album, Artificial Selection. Um, as we mentioned up top of this episode, uh, like last week's episode, this was not a single, so they've just picked this as one that... I don't know why that was such an important fact for me to put in. I guess it's, it's interesting to sort of, yeah, when there's a song that's been picked outside of the fact that like, oh, because it was a single of ours, like there's obviously a reason why they earmark it to do something with it later, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that kind of stuff. But it's just, yeah, interesting last week that you had a huge band in Guns N' Roses and it was just like, it just wasn't one of their big songs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, we could have talked more about it if it was Sweet Child of Mine, but... In a way, I kind of like that we were restrained to as much as we could glean about a not as popular song. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could go off on so many tangents otherwise. Um... Yeah. So, what do you think of the original story of my bro? Yeah, no, I like it. I, um... I don't love it. No. I like it. This is the first acoustic song, and this is going to sound, you know, silly. This is the first acoustic song, or like, you know, original and acoustic cover, that doesn't give me Rise Against vibes. Oh, yeah. I get that. But it does give me... It does give me vibes of the band Bayside and Alexis on Fire. Yeah. Kind of. And a little bit of Protest the Hero. In what sense? Can you elaborate? He kind of sounds like... Like, the vocalist, the clean vocalist... And I think he's possibly... He's got the most interesting singing style that we've spoken about Mm. yet. Like, I really like his voice. Yeah. Um, He kind of, at times, sounds like the lead singer of Bayside. Yep. Um... And, and I mean, I haven't listened to Bayside in ages, but kind of sounds a little bit like that. Just like the instrumentation kind of reminds me of Alexis on Fire and Protest the Hero as well. Yeah, I get that. Especially when like, they sort of do like the fast kind of like picking and sweet picking and stuff like that. 
sort of makes me think more of yeah a band like protest the hero yeah yeah no i um i don't know i don't love the you know it, it, i mean i like that it kind of sounds happy i think everything is sort of done in a bit of a major key yeah and i like that it's it's fast again kind of happy sounding i just don't like the 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 break where it's like him going oh whoa 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 Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, I just, I, I, it's one of those things in music that I hate is people doing stuff like that. Like, the Millennial Whoop. What's that? So, um, it was a, hang on, let me look it up before I completely fuck up what it actually was. So the Millennial Whoop was like a, um, trend in music around the mid 2010s, I think. Yeah, 2010s pop music. So it's a melodic pattern alternating between the fifth and third notes in a major scale, which that means nothing to me really, but it's that pattern of like a lot of songs in the 2010s had a like oh yo yo sort of like a a hook in them that would have like yeah. Okay. I'm not explaining it very well. No, because I don't listen to popular music. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. You so, don't listen yeah. To popular music. Yeah, I've got a refined taste, mm. a refined musical palette. So like, so yeah, it's like the wa o wa o. Like, <sighs> fuck's sake. For me, it's 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 just it's filler sounds like that. I can't stand whistling in actual songs. Yeah. So basically, every Calvin Harris song fucking sucks. Because he has to fucking whistle in every song. Calvin Harris. So Calvin Harris. I think you're talking feel about... Feel the love, feel the love generation. No, no. that's um, Bob someone. Oh, Bob yeah. Bob Seger or something. Not Bob Seger. But Bob. Bob Hoskins. Bob Seger? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's his name? Bob someone. Feel the, the love generation. But that Bob got... Sinclair. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that guy did, like, multiple songs. I think he, has... he did maybe two. But, like, that's too, too many. But I thought you didn't listen to popular music, so... No, but you can't get... You can't hide from popular music. If you're at a restaurant and they're playing music, you can't say, excuse me, can you turn that off because that music's popular. I'm sure you tried back in the day. You went, excuse me, sir. <sighs> I want to speak to your manager. I am this trying music... to enjoy a succulent meal in this establishment and all I can hear is whistling. This music is too popular. I need underground music to enjoy my steak. <coughs> this this fucking episode. Um We need to do it though. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I'm enjoying it. I just this is going all over the shop. So we were talking about the wao wow wow. Yeah, I don't like it. I can tell. And I was going to try and go into a bit more of a nuanced description of it, but I'm not gonna because I can't. Okay. I'm going to link to an article about it, though, because it's super interesting. Um, I feel like there might have been, like, a podcast episode on it at some point on something. Um, But, yeah. Long story short, it was, like, a real 2010s sort of movement, even though we're still in the 2010s, but we're about to be leaving it, and that's fucking scary. Yeah, I keep forgetting um, about that. But yeah, like, Fallout Boy used a lot. Like, the likes of Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, um, yeah. Ah, ha ha! Hang on. The cleanest example of what 
this guy, Patrick Metzger, who talks about the Millennial Whoop, um, studied, came right at the start of the Millennial Era. I am quoting an article from Gavin Haynes of The Guardian. It's called The Millennial Whoop, the melodic hook that's taken over pop music. Um, now, yeah, the cleanest example of what he means came right at the start of the millennial era with the monolithic hook for the Rasmus's 2003 hit In the Shadows. Oh, oh. Yeah. So it's basically that, like, yeah, that thing. And then that Good Time by Carly Rae Jepsen and Owl City. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's just that, yeah, it's, yeah. It, there's a reason that people use it, because it grabs attention, it's easy to remember, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. And to that. me, Dance Gavin Dance, using that, oh, yeah, uh, uh, like, that's... That's their, their crowd singing moment at yes. concerts. Yes. Yes. But I'm not going to see Dance Gavin Dance live. I have to talk about this song, and I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy that part. And it's fine. I enjoy the rest of the song. See, I like that part. I'll tell you the bit I don't enjoy. Is where are we? It is the chorus, according to Genius, um, which is sung by John Miss, and it's where it switches into the screaming, like, which yeah. we already know. I'm not a fan of that. Just off the bat, but. Whereas the rest of the song is quite, like, introspective and kind of cynical and biting, but, like, relatable. Like, I get it. Then it goes into the chorus and it opens with, I'm smoking weed out of a pussy filled with money. I like this. Don't act like you know me. Yeah. Like... It's... it's, And that's the only thing that's annotated on Genius, which says... John combines three of the most common vices to humans into one line, showing the excess of human indulgence through money, sex, and drugs. John is a sucker for these indulges. Indulgences, but sure. And also... Yeah. It's things like that where I'm so like, maybe the scene is coming around, and then it's like... This song, this song was... This song was literally recorded last year. Yeah. This is literally a new song. And, yeah, and again, like, I don't really get that sort of tongue-in-cheekness to it. No, that's the thing. Like, I don't get it. This is a band, like, I've watched a couple of their film clips, and they seem like they have a fun time with things, like... And their song titles as well, they kind of do that thing of, like... You know how, like, Alexis on Fire, their songs sound super serious and everything, (laughs) but then they're they're talking about, like, go-karting. yeah. You know. I still think my favourite one is the your mail's not safe in this town. Yeah, because they're, they're just they're driving around destroying mailboxes. <coughs> but, like, it sounds so serious. And, like, um, Dallas Green's vocals are just so beautiful. Yeah. But he's singing about the silliest things. Yeah. And it kind of has that. But this song, I don't know. I kind of, I think the juxtaposition is there. Like, it's almost like clean vocalist guy I'm f- I didn't even write down their names I forgot so the clean guy is Tillian Tillian that's right I knew he had an interesting name yeah it's a cool name I like and it. so it's like the difference between him and was it John yeah the, the screamer it's almost like Tillian is like the, I, I always forget but I always forget what id ego and super ego are but basically he's the mature one and John is the immature <laughs> one talking about smoking weed from his pussy wallet 
like it's like it's Broad City and it's you know Alana no. shoving weed up her up her vag. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of that. Do you remember when the Bloodhound Gang released Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo? And it was just a song all about, like, allegories or, like... Oh, yeah. Ha-ha, that means fuck. <laughs> yeah, but one of them was, like, something, something, something in your hand wallet. Oh. <laughs> and that's... I still think... Every now and then I'll just think ham wallet and just, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bloodhound Gang are terrible, but they're also great. Like, I said this on Twitter the other day, but I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. Just the whispered like I'd appreciate your input at the start of that um fuck what's it called the bad touch that just gets me every time (laughs) such a good lyric but yes I agree with you like between Tillian and John (sighs) yeah where does this where does this fit in like because the song I get most of it it's like it's about he falls for this girl who's like out, not, not so much out of his league because it sounds like they get together at some point but he's kind of poor and lower class she's upper class he kind of leaves his friends for her like they move on with their lives but then is that like is that do you get the same vibes from the from the clean parts i don't really get the same overall story but like the bridge for instance like the you're a classy lady how'd you get so bad like i and he talks about, is it like upper class? He says something. You've got privilege, baby. Privilege. How'd you get so sad? So, like, again, in itself, you can't really sort of toss that out, but not. Like, privilege isn't something that would... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's another conversation for another time. But, like... Definitely. Yeah, privilege is far too, like, intersectional and heavier thing to just be like, oh, but you've got privilege. Like... Yeah. And like, and like it might it might be that sort of thing like you know someone saying you know yeah i'm privileged but i can also be fucked up and then people but people being like but you are privileged how can you be fucked up yeah so like yeah. i get it but also like but again where does the pussy wallet fit into all of this and then like the breakdown towards the end i think it gets is. super meta does it is that the one where it's like the mission is over uh, not quite. So the second, or like the breakdown after the pussy ham wallet situation. Beef curtains. <laughs> I see the glass half poured and then I pee inside the picture. I want to wet the bed because it reminds me I'm a swimmer. And when I feel like Greg, I don't know who Greg is, then I remind me that I'm John. I like to make a mess and then shit on every song. I wonder if Greg's one of the previous members. Oh, maybe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, that probably would have been valuable. But like, what's 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 the deal with like wetting the bed and being a swimmer? And that's anything? like, I don't. It just sort of feels like. You know what it feels like, and again, like with the song titles, because I I don't have any of their song titles on hand. But like, the song titles are really weird. It's like they've just thrown a thousand different words and then tossed darts at a board. Yeah. Like this will work. This will work. This will work. It's just. It just feels mismatched, but I'm sure there's someone out there who can look at it and go, no, you two are idiots. This is what it means. But, yeah. And then, yeah, the outro, like, that, yeah, I agree, like, it gets sort of meta, like, we're at the end of the mission, no need for decisions, I jump off a cliff, I like this. So, like, I think it, all in all, the song's just a bit scattered. 
Is it Greg or Craig? Greg. Okay, because yeah, one of their previous singers was Johnny Craig. Ah. Uh, so. Unless they, someone transcribed it wrong, because Craig is often pronounced as Craig. Craig. But like, it kind of feels like it's an attempt to be clever with wordplay, but it just comes across as really kind of juvenile. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like, well, for instance, you think of like Childish Gambino, like he does wordplay, and there are ones where it's just so like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, um, fucking, uh, something, something accent mark, accent mark. It's all about the ovaries, or like, yeah, something like, and it's gross, but you can see what he did there. If that makes sense, yeah. But this one, like, I see the glass half poured. Okay, so like, optimism versus pessimism. And then I pee inside the picture. Like, so what does that mean? Yeah. Like, are you trying to become optimistic? Is that the thing? Like. I don't know. Or like, are you just sort of sullying it with piss because your life sucks? Like, I don't get it. And then, yeah, I want to wet the bed because it reminds me I'm a swimmer. What? What? But then how is this also a song about your bros? Or a story about your bros? Yeah. Like, I've got one on, I've got from their self-titled album in 2008 and these are some of the song titles that have got me the robot with human hair part three (laughs) hot water on hot water on wool Uh, that'll shrink it i think burning down the nicotine armoire okay yeah those were some of the those were some of the weird ones i don't know like they're, they're catchy song titles and everything yeah so happiness um i'm down with brown town ew Strawberry Swisher, part one and part two. Don't tell Dave. Powder to the people. Yeah. Like, is are they clever or are they just like, ha these, you know, two words don't go together. Let's th- just, let's just make a song title out of that. Yeah. I don't know. So like. Oh, they do a robot with human hair, part two and a half. <laughs> See, like. I can see the humour in it, but then, like... Heat-seeking ghost of sex. (laughs) (laughs) Privilously ponchesied. Sure. Swan soup. Swan soup. Purple rain, as in, like, rain of terror. Oh, yeah. I think boss is on the clothes horse. Boss! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is clever or just, like... Or pretentious, like, I can put words together and it will be clever. It, yeah. Like, it reminds me of a colleague I used to work with who, he had a really interesting way with words and, like, he would just write prose that was just very mishmash, like, words. But he wasn't doing it to be funny. Like, he wasn't doing it to, like, elicit a response. It's just because he was a very creative, like, free spirit that you could just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Because that's who he was. But to me, I sort of get the impression that they're trying to elicit some sort of a, oh, that's really highbrow, so or insightful. that's really... Yeah. I don't know. The song, yeah. I don't know. I was going to go into what I think of the song, but I kind of can't be bothered. I feel like you've already gone into it. I think so. It reminds me a bit of, um, just to be completely um, off... Not off-centre, off-topic. While you look at that, I'm going to get it down. Yeah, it reminds me of this Melbourne band, Trial Kennedy. 
Oh yeah, I remember Trump. Yeah, too. and they had this one song. Oh Christ, what's it called? Um. Oh no, I should have thought of that before I. Hang on, let me. And like, it's one of those songs where, off the bat, you sort of hear it. You're like, oh cool, like I like the sound of this. It's really like fun but then you read the lyrics you're just like what the fuck is going on the great escape so yeah it's like a super fun song but then like you read the lyrics and it just doesn't make any sense so like stand off my hand feel the pill stop all understood pressure satan drug stand watch out mistook my and it just keeps like and yeah it's just like how did you even come up with this but it just sounds so melodic and like it really has like the chorus really has a hook to it that you're like oh cool but like Slam poetry. Slam yeah. poetry. <laughs> Yelling. <laughs> so, like... So I guess it's one of those songs, if you can step back and just tune out the lyrics, like, I enjoy it. Yeah. But as soon as you look into the lyrics, especially when you get to the pussy wee, it's just like, why? Maybe he was watching Broad City and thought that was hilarious. Maybe. Because it is kind of funny. The Viennia. The <laughs> Um, shall we talk about the acoustic one? Yeah. I I think this is the first case of me appreciating the cover more than the original, or the Same. acoustic the acoustic cover than more than the original. Usually, I'm I'm down for the the you know the faster distortiony more punky sound over the uh, coffee shop on a rainy day <laughs> acoustic guitar sound. Yeah, but no, this adds a bit more maturity to it, and that would be because it removes all of pussy wallet. It, yeah, it gets rid of all of John Mess's bits, I guess. Like, it, yeah, it strips it down to just Tillian's words, and without that sort of juxtaposition between the two, it sort of forms, like, an overall sentiment that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And do you think John was a bit pissed off that, you know, his vocals... <laughs> Maybe that's what they do, though. Maybe Tillian writes his own vocals and John writes his own vocals and it's like, well, all right, so you come in at the chorus. Yeah. You come in at the chorus with your bit. Oh, you're talking about pussy wallets. All right. Well, fine. This is the agreement that we've got. 
I, yeah. I'm sort of... I'm picturing, like, Jim Fearless gets in touch with them is like, yo, like, we want you to do an acoustic cover for Punk Goes Acoustic. It's gonna be great. You'll love it. Give us your work in, like, however long. This is your deadline. And the two of them go... They sort of decide on doing this song. They go into a room and, like, try and rehearse, like, an acoustic version and John tries to, like, sing I'm smoking weed out of a pussy filled with money I like this in, like, a really nice sort of melodic mm. way. And they're just like, that doesn't work. Yeah. And then they sort of have an awkward, like, yeah, we should probably can that. And then they come up with the superior version of the song. I it, know that's absolutely not what happened, but, yeah, I, I wish I'd been a fly on the wall just to see how that panned out. Yeah, because... <laughs> I mean, he's not even there. He's not even present. Yeah. Not even like yeah. Not even his lyrics. Uh, you know, in the in the song. So. But like, it, yeah, it very much enhances it. Like it doesn't. It isn't to the song's detriment at all. Like I don't miss the screamo part. I know I'm biased, but yeah, I don't miss it. I don't miss his lyrics. And Tillian is an excellent vocalist, so the song isn't lacking anything. No. And in fact, it's probably, it's a very full song. Yeah, like it's well-rounded. Yeah, exactly. That's and exactly like you don't sort of say. leave your experience of having listened to that being like, what the fuck was that? Because it makes sense. Yeah. Because it's just a single thought train that sort of, it's, yeah, it's on a short leash, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it sort of sticks to the topic at hand without sort of going off into this weird thing about excess and, like... Yeah. I don't know. I... I'm, yeah, I'm especially impressed with Tillian's vocal range on this because the original one, it does... it To me, it kind of makes me chuckle a bit. Like, it makes me think of those, like, content-aware scale videos. Like, yeah. Just the vocal <laughs> effect that they've put on it, like in the choruses when he's like, goodbye. Like it's. Yeah. Like very sort of almost vocoded, like something. But he can replicate those range. Like. Yeah. It's. He's showing his chops as a musician doing this. And in this version, I actually do appreciate the whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. I I just think it fits this premise better than yeah than a song that's supposed to be a bit I don't know like I so said like previously like it's it's kind of a happy sounding song yeah just because it does feel like everything's in a major key instead of minor yeah so it doesn't have that depressing sound to it but it's just I don't know I I you know I can definitely see them you know sitting on bar stools playing this and, you know, getting into the, you know, the whoa, 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 mm. part of it. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. I don't really know. But yeah, no, it's just, it's just, yeah, like, it's just a really well-rounded, more mature, mm. and like, that's not to say we're, we're complete sticklers for that sort of thing, like, we, we have our immature moments, but. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of, like silly covers coming up like I can already think of a few off the top of my head where it'll be like this is ridiculous but I love it and like we still laugh at Blink 182's dumb jokes even oh, though, of course even though they don't really make dumb jokes anymore because no, their career is a joke 
No, I still love them. You do. Mm-hmm. But just, like, yeah, there's a difference between it being funny and it just being mad. Like, yeah. I don't know. That, yeah, to me, this sort of... Like, yes, it is a cover, obviously, but, like, this to me sort of creates a new version where the sentiment of the song fits, the musical arrangement fits, the melodies, the vocal melodies, the... Yeah, just the acoustic backdrop, background, yeah. I guess you'd say. Um, and to me, like, it does sort of come out the other end sounding as if it was intended to be played this way. Yeah. Like, it's it sort of, yeah, it takes it back to that sort of inward-facing, that cynical sort of happy and sad at the same time, to quote Casey Musgraves, that dichotomy between like positivity negativity negative negativity like in the one song and to me just that sort of the condition of being a 20 something and yeah i can picture people listening to this and relating to it and not sort of getting lost as soon as john comes in with i'm smoking weed except for they were writing this song in their 30s doesn't matter fair Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, look. Good song. Just the pussy wallet bit. Man, like, what's going on there? I do like that we've somehow made it pussy wallet. Like, I get it, because a pussy filled with money. But, yeah. So, what are we doing next week? We are recording another episode of this podcast. Oh, smarty. The song that we are doing next week, though, Mm. is... Send Me an Angel by Real Life as covered by Thrice. Mm. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Yes. Um, this sick episode, literally. Yep. Don't get contagious. Oh, don't don't catch it from <laughs> us. Um, yeah, maybe just go wash your hands after you've finished. Just wash like your... you've touched, like, the buttons on your stereo or whatever. Wash your ears. Yeah, sorry. Have you, have you, have you cleaned... You cleaned your ears... Clean behind your ears. Was that thing that, like, mums would say? Have you cleaned behind your ears? I mean, it's true. Like, shit gunks up behind there. We are not having this conversation Gross. on the air. Um, so, yeah. One thing I want to plug uh-huh. is I made a playlist on Spotify. Yes. That should be, I believe, public. Punk, uh-huh. punk Go Sam. Can you explain the rationale behind the playlist? Basically, it's a taste of Sam from my high school days from around about the years... From around about the ages of 13 to roughly about 16. Mm-hmm. And the music that I was listening to throughout those years. So that was about year 7 to year 10. Yep. Um, and yeah, basically stops at the point where I was then getting into metal and death metal. Do you reckon you'll do a metal and death metal one at some point? Oh, I'd love to do, like, some, like, metal playlists, mm. but they're not for, you know, they're not going to be, they'll be on my own Spotify account. They won't be on the Punk Goes Pod oh. Spotify account. Fair enough. I'll be offering up my own Punk Goes Emma playlist at some point, but I am lazy, so That's all right. it'll happen at some point. But until then, you can enjoy Sam's one, and we listen to it. 
over the weekend on our big long drive for Sam to get inked. So, yeah, it's yeah. very good. I'm sure there'll be a bit of a crossover in terms of songs on it, both well, as well. I had a My Chemical Romance song on there. You did. It was the vampire song. Such a good song. Because that was an important song to me. Yeah. So. Thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us on Twitter at PunkGoesPod. You can check out Instagram at PunkGoesPod, but I wouldn't bother because I haven't looked at that for like two or three months, I reckon. Um... You can hit us up at gmail, punkgoespod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any and all feedback you've got for us. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Nothing less. Yeah. Otherwise, just don't even bother. For real. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, we'd love to hear from you. Being like the plural you. Richard, we hear from you a lot. And thank you for that. But yeah. But hey, we're nearly at fifteen hundred plays on SoundCloud, so short like people are listening. Yeah, make yourselves known, cowards. Hey. <laughs> That's a bit aggressive. I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you too. Oh. Alright. How do we end this? I feel like we're like we I... need we need to end it, but I don't know how now. I feel like we need to come up with a sign off. Yeah. We need, like, the vocal equivalent of, like, chuck and a shucker. Like, last podcast has magustulations. Bim Bam has kiss your dad square on the lips. Yeah. Um, boop your snoot. You lousy clute. <laughs> boop your snoot is pretty cute. Boop your snoot. Um, boop your snoot. See you next week. <laughs>